Thank you. Thank you. Once again, it's uh, a great honor and privilege for me to be here this uh, afternoon. Uh, London City Mission is uh, very focused about three things. One is the gospel, and two is the partnership with churches, and we also have a passion for the least uh, rich people in the city. And in light of that, we kind of take this mission very seriously, and I hope today's message will be an encouragement to, encouragement to all of us as to how we uh, present ourselves as those people to be used by him to reach out with the gospel. Shall we pray before we get into God's word? Our gracious, loving God, we want to thank you again for today. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent into this world to die for us and through whom we can have life and hope I will thank you for calling us to be your mission agencies to proclaim your love and your gospel to the world, in particular in this city. And so as we go into your word this afternoon, please encourage our hearts, open our eyes more, that we will learn to be the people you want us to be, so that, so that you can continue to do your work through us. Help us to focus and to concentrate right now. And we ask for this in Christ's name. Amen. If you open your Bibles to that passage in um, Acts chapter 2, reading from verse 42, Luke has just described the formation of the church on the day of Pentecost by the power of the Spirit of God. And now he moves on to the life of the church, the life of God's people as God's mission agency. As we read the Bible, we see that God is already on a on mission by himself to seek and to save the lost through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the power of the Godhead, it's the Holy Spirit that's at work to make that happen on earth. But God has chosen to prepare a people for himself for the purpose of carrying out his redemptive work on this earth. God can snap his finger like this and he will save the whole world. But he says, no, I need the people through whom I can, I can use them to be my hands and tools and instruments of mission. So as God's people, our lives have a purpose. We are not uh, accidents of history. Our lives have a purpose. We are going somewhere with God. He owns mission, we don't. He only called us to participate in his mission. And when we understand this concept, it really helps us to understand how the uniqueness of us as a church and as God's people. So here we see the early church, as Luke writes to us. This is not the doctrine of anything, it's a narrative, it's a story about the early church, but we have a lot to learn from it. We have two models of mission. One is the proclamation of the gospel, which is what I'm doing right now. And that's what many of us are familiar with. Or the idea of traveling from one country to another. You go overseas, you go to many places, and we say, wow, the church is going on mission. But what we have is a different kind of mission, where the church is not really going anywhere, but they are doing something which is very powerful which is the second strand of module of mission, 
they're becoming who they should be. The church is living, living out the life of Christ. And because of that, the Spirit of God is adding to the church daily, even without any cross-cultural movement here. They're not knocking on doors, which is important. They're not traveling anywhere, which is important. They're not even proclaiming as the word to the world yet, which is important. They are becoming. What am I saying this morning? Our proclamation of the gospel and our becoming the gospel both are relevant to the mission of God through the church. If we proclaim alone and we don't be or become, we've got a problem. And that's why you see the state of Christianity everywhere today. People know us that we are very clever people. We say too many words. But when they come to the church to see us, they'll be disappointed that that's, that's not what it looks like. I think it was uh, Mahatma Gandhi who, who, who said that uh, he loved Jesus Christ, but he doesn't love the people of Jesus Christ. He said when he reads his Bible and he looks at the life of the people of Christ, they don't fit together. Mission is not just about doing. It's also about becoming. You have to be. We have to allow God to mold us to be who he wants us to be. And when we are that kind of people, God himself will bless our family, bless the work and expand his work and his kingdom in the city. So what did they do here? By the help of God's spirit that has formed them in, in, on the day of Pentecost, the first thing we are told they did here was to devote themselves to apostles' teaching. They gave themselves to the gospel. Of course, it was through the apostles and the prophets that God gave the, the very revelation of the church. The only access into God's plans and purposes for human history is found in his divine revelation. There is no other way. There is no philosophies of this world that can bring us in contact with God's plans and purposes. No human wisdom can do it. Only God's word. The moment the church deviates from the gospel, we're finished. We have nothing else again. We'll be chasing after shadows. So the early church was very focused on this. Only the power of the gospel with God continue to mold them and shape them so that the life of Christ can come out through them. I don't know about you today, but I believe that our churches are in great danger today in our nation. Many, many, many people who used to take the gospel very seriously many years ago are peeling off from the gospel. And when we abandon the gospel, what we have left is our own initiatives, human projects, all sorts of things we do. Those things will not shape us as good as they are. If we really, really want to be transformed to who God wants us to be, we start with the gospel and end in the gospel. I think sometimes we think we're helping ourselves when we don't devote enough time even to the teaching of God's word. Many of us, we boast today in the fact that our sermons are only 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 minutes. But we watch football for 90 minutes, don't we? 
movies three hours, don't we? When it comes to God's word and public public teaching of it, we say, oh, we can't listen. We can't listen again. The attention span is about twenty minutes, but it doesn't affect football. It doesn't affect it doesn't affect movies. Friends, there's just no way. The more attention we give to the word of God, as individuals and as his people, the better for us. The only access, I repeat, to get into God's plans and purpose and his mission is in the gospel. I want to encourage us as a church to remain focused on the centrality of the word of God. It's easy to abandon God's word and replace it with all kinds of human ways of doing church. It may fill up the seeds tomorrow, but it won't last. True foundation for Christian living and for Christian mission is found only in the word of God. It's better to have 50 people in a church who are focused on God's word than have a thousand who are just full of entertainment and all sorts of things. The early church knew this. What happens is that as they gave themselves to the gospel, the Holy Spirit caused them to be and to live the life of Christ. No doubt we see the second point here. And they, they were devoted to fellowship as well. That word is going on here. In the Greek, which means intimate fellowship, intimate sharing together. Of course, how can you be a people of the gospel and you won't be like this? <laughs> how would you give yourself to the power of the gospel and the spirit of God will not soften your heart to share your life with others? This church was a church that shared the activities and their possessions with one another. Those who had plenty brought it to the center and they shared with those who did not have. Today we, we are so we have become a self-centered group of people. And that is an absurdity. It's a clear contradiction to the life of Jesus. My car, my home, my shoes, my all this stuff. Listen, my dear friends. Everything we have is given to us by God for only one reason. So that he can use that as a means of spreading his goodness and his love through us. There was once uh, the wife of a president of Africa, one-time African president, I, I think, he, I, I don't know where he is now, maybe East Africa, or Zambia, or something like that. His wife died, and reporters went into her bedroom. They found that she had 4,000 pairs of expensive shoes. 4,000 pairs. That's like using an amount of money that could probably take care of uh, 100,000 people in Africa. One lady used them to buy shoes for herself. But when she died, where are those shoes today? They're gone. Finished. The things we run after every day. I have 18 inches TV, I need 48. I'm really desperate to get it. If you drop dead today or tomorrow, 
who owns the TV? God is not against us having possessions, but I'm saying he gives us possessions so that we can share and use them as emblem of love and grace. So the early church came together. And how we appreciate this intimacy is when we understand that this is not just fellowship going on in God's house amongst the same people. It's very easy to have fellowship with people who are like us. So in church, you see Africans who have a propensity to to be friends with Africans. White British, they want to be friends with white British people. The Caribbeans want to be friends with Caribbeans. Asians want to be friends with Asians. Because we love our comfort zone when it comes to fellowship. But this church is different. It started by a mixture of some Jews who had gone many years ago into diaspora. They were diaspora Jews living in Gentile nations. They came back every, every year to celebrate the Passover, but the culture that they lived in was a Greek culture, a foreign culture to their own. It's like having some white British people who have lived in Asia for 40 years coming to, back to the UK. I always interview missionaries who've been abroad from England, and when they come back to England, they struggle a lot because their cultures have, have changed because of where they've been serving over the years. So we have a church here where they were not the same people. They were the same ethnicity, but cultures were different. And yes, because of the power of the gospel, the Bible said they were sharing and living together. Is that who we are today? Are we really living together and sharing because of Christ? Are we trying to only share with people who are like us? It will surprise you that people still ask me in my church up to now three questions they ask me always. Tayo, where are you from? I say Nigeria. How long have you been here for? About 10 years. The third question, when are you going back? I say, I'm here. I'm not going back again. I'm here now. No going back. Don't know me. Some call, some call me on phone as, from the same church. How are you? How are your children? I have only one son. I don't have children. Only one son. They don't know me. It's so, it's so, it's so shocking how shallow our, our intimacy, our, our, our communion is in church at times. We come on Sundays and go back on Sundays. We don't, really, we don't know. We don't know ourselves. We don't, we don't share together. Friends, church is not a place of friendship on Sunday morning alone. Our life, our intimacy of, 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 of life is our DNA. That's, that's what we exist for. If somebody walks to this church today who doesn't, who doesn't know anybody, this is the church that should be a family to such a person. One of the good things about African culture is that when you come to church the first time, before you come back again next Sunday, at least one or two people would have either, either called you or visited your home. And church is spreading fast in those nations because we have, we have a tendency to live as a family. I guess the culture here is different. We are very individualistic and therefore we don't like 
to really open up very much. But as God's people, we need to be countercultural. We need to be different. No matter where we come from, because of the Lord Jesus Christ, we should be sharing, loving. But only the gospel can work that in our lives by the Spirit of God. It's not a project. It's not like let's just eat together after service today and that's where it ends. It's continuous because God is at work in our hearts to do that. So they were devoted to the gospel, to intimate fellowship with one another, crossing cross-cultural and social barriers. And number three, they were breaking bread. Some scholars think that this was just about communion table. Some think, well, it's about eating in their homes. Of course, it's clear that they were, they were, they were doing both. And what was happening is that people were really looking at, they were, they, were, they were not just sharing their positions, they were actually spending time eating together. And one of the most powerful tools today of really, really engaging with others who are not like us is by sharing meals with them. I don't know of any culture in the world where food is not important. There are people who have lost to be part of our church families today if we can take time to bring them to our homes and just give them a meal and talk with them. A young uh, black boy was invited to the home of a church member some time ago. And as soon as he sat on the table, he was in tears. And they asked, why are you crying? He said, for as far as he knows, he's never been on the table with any family before in his life. No wonder he's on the street fighting and carrying guns and knives. For the first time, he felt a sense of love and dignity that if some, a family can, can ask him, sit down, let's eat and talk. It's a place where we share love together read Bible stories for our kids, encourage them. In other cultures, food, eating together is not trying, it's not a place of trying just to evaluate how, how, how nice we are, how well we sit down, how we place our cutlery. That's not the goal. The goal is, is how can we share together? How can we be together? And the early church knew that. Well, last do you invite people to your home? When did you spot people who just walked in, in church and said, I'm going to get that guy, I'm going to get that lady to come to a home for me? Many people come into London from many parts of the world every week. They are looking for a place of love and peace. And the church is that place. Unfortunately, we don't get it most of the time. When I'm on leave, I do go away from my church and go to other churches. I just sit down quietly as a missionary just to observe how people do church. I once went to a church. I was probably myself, my family, and one or two people were the only black people there. Very white, middle class church. We were conspicuously obvious that place. And there were not many about 30 or 40 people, not one person said hello to us after service. 
of one person. If I was looking for a church, will I go back to that kind of church again? Never. I'm done. And it's not only the white, it's not only being white. I've been to many majority black churches as well. Well, after all our entertainment and our excitement, I see how they still don't connect to people who are not like them. Friends, we need to understand this, that when we truly become what God wants us to be by, by the help of the Spirit, his mission will flow through us. Food is important in every culture. It's one of the most powerful ways to share fellowship and to invite people into your space. We from the majority world, as they call us now, we got no private. My home is for everybody. I don't have a place called. The people call me and say, I'm coming. I say, just come. That's all. Just come. Because I don't know, I don't know what, I, what is I would do with my home if people don't come to see us. Number four, they gave themselves to prayers. Look at what God is doing here by the help of the Spirit in their lives. They were devoted to teaching, to fellowship, to sharing meals together, and to prayers. They were a real worshiping community. Pray, pray, pray. What is prayer to the church? It's the place where we lay hold on God's power for God's work. There's no way we can do God's mission in our human energy or human power. But when we go to a place of prayer as God's people and we are praying together, God releases his omnipotence, his power into his mission. People will be getting saved just like that as we are praying. Once I went to Nigeria and uh, I, was going for, I was speaking in a conference and uh, at that conference, we had, uh, there were two sessions, early morning prayers, and then the evening sessions, where I'll be speaking. And of course, as the guest speaker, I wanted to be sure that I, I was part of the whole flow of the conference. So early in the morning, I woke up, they came to pick my hotel, and we were driving to, to the church to go and pray. I was 6 a.m. in the morning. So we left at about 5.30 to get there on time. It was raining. It was really pouring that day. And as we were driving, we saw somebody who was, who was running in the rains, running and running. And somebody said, that looks like a brother in the church. I said, why would he, why would he go in the rains to go, and pray, to go and pray in the morning? And we stopped. We reversed. That was a guy who was running at about 5 o'clock a.m. in the morning, run inside the range to, to go for prayer meeting. Why was he doing that? He didn't have money for transport, but he was determined to pray. Did he have money for transport, but he wanted to pray with God's people. But many of us here, we got everything. Oh, the weather is not good for me to go out. But it's good for us to go to work. Oh, I have this problem. Friends, as God's people, we must pray. If we don't pray, many things will go wrong. This church gave themselves to prayers. 43, the result was that there was a reverential awe. 
there was God's visible presence upon the people. Wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. The apostles were not doing the signs. It was God who was doing the signs and wonders through them. And all who believed, all, all, new converts, the old converts, everybody, they were together and they were sharing. It was contagious. They sold their possessions, verse 45, and the goods, and they began to distribute to everybody. That's what the Spirit of God is doing. And verse 46 says, day by day, they spent more, they spent more time together in the temple. They broke bread at home and ate food with glad and generous hearts. The Spirit of God is at work in this church. When God's Spirit begins to mold us to be who what God wants us to be, this is what you see. A heart of generosity. A heart that goes, that loves the gospel. A heart that is sharing all this. They were praising God and having the goodwill of the people. But look at the last point. This is my point exactly about mission. They were not going out to knock on people's doors, which is good. We need to do that. They didn't travel overseas at this point, which is good to do. But look at the last point, verse 47, part B. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. God was multiplying this community just like that. You see, under, under realm of mission here, not just do, 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 but be, 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 just be, be, and become, and become, and become. As the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and shapes and you know, moves us and, and transforms us to be who God wants us to be, the same God will begin to add to us daily. Why? Because the life that we live is so important in mission. We can speak a thousand, we may speak a million words. People around us are waiting to see the life that we live as God's people. If we claim we have received grace, they want to see us live out that grace. And friends, if you're here this morning or this afternoon, you can be part of this family. Not just by coming every Sunday, which is good enough, but you need to come to a place where you can have an encounter with Jesus Christ by his Spirit. You've got to put your faith in Christ as your Savior. All of us were born in sin and iniquity. Our lives with the self judgment of God. We've gone astray. God, through Jesus Christ, brought us back to himself. And that's what he has done here. Creating a family. You can be part of this family only through Christ. By putting your faith in him. And God will begin to work in your life as part of God's people. Using us as agents of mission. That's a realm of mission we need to understand that the church can be just being who God wants us to be and letting God, letting God continue to work amongst us. And my prayer for this community today, this church, is that we will truly be a people focused on the gospel. As we have always been. A people who are devoted to fellowship with one another. A people who spend time eating together. Not as a project, but real, real, real eating together as a family. 
a people who are devoted to prayers. You let this happen in the church and watch what God will do. So when we come here, they would never, they would never like to live again. Because they found peace and love where should be. And that's the mission for today. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful again that you have called us to be your people, a people of praise, a worshiping community, a people of gospel, people of prayers, a people of intimacy with one another. Our lives don't always reflect all of this, but that's who we want to be. And we know that through the help of the Holy Spirit, you can work in our hearts. And my prayer for myself and all of us who are here today is that you will work in our hearts, that truly we will live as the people you want us to be, that the life of Christ will be made manifest through us, that others can see, and they can begin to ask us, what is the reason for this hope which you have? Help us to be countercultural. Help us that our lives will be countercultural in the sense of being more and more selfless. I pray as you walk in our lives, help us to yield as well and use us for your glory in this city. We ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Tyre. Shall we stand and declare before God and with each other just what it is that we believe as God's chosen people? Shall we stand? <clears throat> 